0: morning it's good to see you all it's really fun actually um, to have everybody together because sometimes you guys maybe don't all know each other because you don't get to go to both services every week but for me it's great fun it's like having all your friends get together in one place and um, so it's lovely to see all your lovely faces it's lovely to have been able to share breakfast together i hope that you enjoyed breakfast if you had it and um, and it's lovely to be able to worship together. I absolutely love um, being led in worship by the kids. Um, I just think it's really precious that everybody gets to play a part in this community. So, um, Steve's stolen the first five minutes of my talk by already introducing that. Um, we are kicking off a sermon series. We're thinking about church and culture. For weeks and weeks, we've thought about um, mission and Um, how we help to shape culture and how we speak into the culture outside of the church. But um, over these next few weeks, what we're going to think a little bit about is how we shape our own culture, how we make um, our community here something that reflects who God is and something that welcomes people in. And so we've had our two readings, get us being like a bit Anglican, Um, although still not quite Um, but we've had our two readings and we've thought about this sort of rose-tinted picture of the believers gathering together in Acts 2 of how they share everything together and live together and and sometimes we can look at that can't we and think you know that must have been so perfect and so wonderful to to live alongside each other like that I can tell you having lived in a tent for six days alongside my brothers and sisters, uh, sharing some things together, uh, that it's interesting. (laughs) And, you know, I love those guys, but it's close. You know, you're a bit all on top of each other and I'm not my best in the morning. And, you know, it was interesting. (laughs) Um, No, but but we, we can look at that picture of them living alongside each other and think, wow, it's so wonderful. But actually, the rest of Acts tells us about the persecution that the church suffered, about the the storming of forming this community, and of how they worked out some of what it looks like to um, welcome in all these people who the Holy Spirit's bringing, who isn't quite who they wanted to live with. Um, and, And so in Acts 10, we sort of come across this turning point um, in the the life of the early church as God steps in and and speaks into this division really, this sort of two-tier system that they've been running where um, those who are from a Jewish background have this kind of full part to play in the community and, and Gentiles who are being converted are sort of around the edge and there are people who are wanting to follow Jesus but they're they're not able to play a full part in the community. Um, and then God speaks to Peter. And we, it was a really long region if we had that. But God shows Peter this vision of all these unclean things that, that Jews have been told to avoid. And says don't call anything unclean. And, and there's this turning point. As Cornelius prays and invites Peter and as Peter is opened up by the Holy Spirit to this encounter and they join together and we see that then unfold over the rest of the New Testament as God draws people in. And so we're going to think a little bit about um, what it is to be a family of fellowship, how we can be a diverse community that's centred around Jesus how fellowship plays a role in creating this context where we can explore together and what it would all look like if we were able to achieve a little bit of that. So we called this session a Family of Fellowship um, and I have been really blessed in my life to grow up in the fellowship of the church and fellowship really just means um, connection a connected group of people who have something in common. And for the church, the thing that we have in common is that we're gathered around Jesus, isn't it? And so I have um, been so privileged to grow up in that environment. And I can tell you stories. I wanted to tell you a couple of little, very brief stories about um, when I was really little. And I was sort of five or six and if I was off school on a Friday, I got to go along to church because to the, um, cl- the cleaning team were in. And there was this wonderful old lady called Auntie Alice. And, uh, and she would give me a feather duster and take me round to clean all the nooks and crannies. Because I could get in because I was tiny. Um, but she shaped My Christian faith, so much her um, servant heart, the fact that she was there even though she was quite old cleaning in church, the fact that she loved me and welcomed me, that that going on that Friday morning when I was off sick felt like being part of something, felt like family. And then when I was a little bit older, we were in this church and then we had a team come from America to do some children's work. And this guy called Tim stayed in our house and he was super cool American guy and he had (laughs) Pop-Tarts and Pop-Tarts weren't out here yet. And Tim had brought his own Pop-Tarts from home to like give himself breakfast for three weeks or whatever. And he shared his Pop-Tarts with me and my brother and Tim was like our American big brother. And he came backwards and forwards a couple of times and he eventually married somebody from our church and it felt like family, they felt like our family. Then a bit older still, we, um, we moved to Lincoln and um, I was in this youth group. And when I think about it now, having been a youth worker, it was a bit of a, it, it's not what I would do for youth work, shall we say. <laughs> But there was this lovely man called Glyn and every Friday night he'd let us go round to their house and give us biscuits and talk about Jesus. And his faithful service and his making space for some young people to come and explore and talk together made space for fellowship. That gathering around biscuits and Jesus was Church. And then I was fortunate enough to get to be one of those people who goes to somewhere else. And I went to South Africa when I was 19. And I stayed in three different houses over the course of a month that I was there. And I met all these incredible people. Um, and I got to sort of see into their life a bit. And um, I remember I've got a cousin who's the same age as me. And she really wanted to go on holiday with her mates and her mum and dad wouldn't let her. Um, and I was being allowed to go to South Africa and she was super cross about it um, because she's actually a couple of months older than me. And, um, but the thing is, it was okay for me to go because I was going into this family, Do you see? So I was going from my church family into a church family where my mum and dad knew that I was going to be accepted and looked after and cared for. And what an amazing privilege it is to be part of a family that is all around the world where we can go and slot into places and we've got something in common, even across cultures, we've got something that we share. I've just seen Katie walk back in and I'm reminded that um, as young couples we met met Frank and Katie and we shared this incredible privilege of um, growing church together, of living life together as we set out as couples and, um, and that shaped us, that fellowship, that time spent together has shaped us. And then the last little story, and then I will move on to talk about the Bible, I promise, um, is as a youth worker uh, in St. Helens, I um, I used to spend my Wednesday afternoons playing cards with the old people, um, because what I found was that I could belong, even though my role was all about young people, even though... Um, we weren't necessarily always together. There was this place where we could share life together. That's fellowship, isn't it? It's this picture of being able to belong across this diverse set of ideas, across cultures, across age ranges. There's something that holds us together. That is Jesus. And for most People. That's not an experience they have. That's something that's reasonably unique to church. If you look around you now, this is possibly the most diverse group that you find yourself in. Perhaps where you work, there's a bit of diversity in who you work with. Um, But most likely, most of the things that you choose to do with your week are done with people a bit like you. They'll have a similar um, background to you. They'll be a similar age to you. But church isn't like that. Church is diverse because what we gather around isn't an interest, but it's a person. Church can be beautiful and diverse because it's a community of people that's gathered around the risen Lord Jesus. And so no matter what age or stage or background we have... The thing that we share in common is a love of Jesus and this great commission to make him known in the world. And so we can pull together people from all those different things and somehow it works because Jesus is in it. And that's the best case scenario, isn't it? That's the picture of how the church should be. And I think often how it is actually. I think often there are bits of that at least going on. But sometimes in church we do still suffer from um, unconscious bias, sometimes um, we suffer from being drawn to people who are like us. When we look around church this morning, in some ways we're very diverse and in some ways we're all very similar. And the thing about unconscious bias, the thing about that desire to draw near to people who are just like us is that's really damaging to what the church should be like. And that's a little bit what was happening there in Acts, that that we want to close in with the people who are like us, the people who have the same cultural reference points as us. We feel most at home when we're with people who are like us. And we can be tempted to build structures that reinforce our beliefs, that make us feel comfortable. But that is not God's intention for the church. The church should be a place where we can both rest in the presence of God and be built up and encouraged, but also where we're sharpened and challenged. Church should not be entirely in your comfort zone church doesn't sometimes push your buttons, if you're not sometimes challenged by the people you have to interact with and the things that they think and do, then you might not be fully in or we might not be doing it quite right. We need to be around others who are different to us. We need to be sharing life with people who challenge us and question us and stretch us. When I look at the Gospels, I think, if everything about church smells good and looks good and everyone around me has it together, then perhaps I'm not in the place where Jesus is, because that's not where we see Jesus very often. Church needs to be a challenge to us in all of those ways. We should be encountering new ideas in church and we should be coming across different views. We should be allowing God to challenge us as well as to encourage us in the people around us. In Acts 10, God challenges Peter's ideas about who can fit into church and it kicks off this whole new mission to the Gentiles. None of us would be here without that episode. Where God steps in and challenges the church to be more diverse, more inclusive, more radical. By revealing that he doesn't play favourites. I love that phrase, he doesn't play favourites. Everybody is welcome in this community that's shaped around Jesus. The church should be the most diverse group that any of us are in. And then in that context, in that diversity, in that um, community shaped around the love of God, we should be safe to explore together. So uh, we've been at New Wine, you've heard a bit about that. Um, I went to a seminar while I was at New Wine about how the church can turn the world upside down. Because that's what I want the church to be like, a community that turns the world upside down. And then, and one of the things that, that really struck me in that seminar was, was this little phrase, you are made by a creator and you don't know who you are or what you're for. And that sounds a little bit odd, doesn't it? Because we're sort of told by the culture around us that we are supposed to discover who we are and what we're for, that that's sort of the aim of life and it is But you don't know because you're the created thing, not the creator. And you only find out who you are and what you're for in the context of relationship with Jesus. And isn't that what everybody around us is looking for? Isn't isn't that what people's lives are about, trying to find who they are and what they're for? And church, this is what we've got to offer to society, is an invitation to come and explore that. To come and find out, what were you made for? What is your purpose? What is your life all about? Well, we think we've found the answer in Jesus. Why don't you come and explore that with us? Church needs to be a place where people can grow and explore and and sometimes it's really easy for church to become a place where um, we don't want to ask difficult questions and we don't want to be asked difficult questions. Or we'd like it confined to Alpha. If you've got awkward questions, go and ask the people at Alpha. <clears throat> That's one of the problems why we see so many young people leaving the church, because they reach a point in their lives where they want to ask questions and we're not good at creating a space where it's safe and welcoming to do that. And so they start asking their questions and they don't necessarily get good answers or they don't feel that their questions are welcomed. And so they leave and take their questions somewhere else. And it's a bit the same with people when we're struggling. Sometimes we step back From community when we're struggling, rather than stepping into community where we can be held up and encouraged. We see this this picture that, that we see with Peter of Gentiles being included into the church, developed by Paul in Romans 3. He says, there is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Next week, Steve's going to talk to us a bit about grace and being a community of grace, but it plays really closely with this idea of fellowship that when we're struggling, when we're questioning, when things aren't all quite right is when we should be held up In fellowship, when we need to step into those relationships, when we meet people who are struggling and questioning, is when we should most gather them in. Because those questions, they sharpen us and they make us better. But but also that's the purpose of this community, is to be a space where people can explore and question. It makes me think a little bit of The Lord of the Rings. Have you seen those films? And, and one of them's called The Fellowship of the Ring, isn't it? And we sort of have this picture of you know them, them walking through these beautiful landscapes, like off on an adventure together, and that's fellowship. They're off as a team to do this thing. But it's also fellowship when they're dragging each other through the terrifying moments, when they're, pull, when they're pulling Frodo up the mountain that's fellowship too. And that's what church should look like in the beautiful moments and in the darkest moments. We should be pulled along by relationship and fellowship with one another. And in doing that, in living that way, actually everybody gets to be a follower and everybody gets to be a leader. Fellowship should put you into a net of relationships that nurture and challenge you, that call you to be a nurturer and to be a challenger. And if you're not in that net of relationships, if you're not living connected to people, or if you're not feeling that you're taking any of those roles, then you need to step up because fellowship is about offering yourself to others and receiving them to you. And it shapes us and it makes us the community that Jesus calls his church and then finally thinking about being a vibrant community so we've got this stuff together and we live alongside each other and we challenge each other and we make space for questioning and we love one another and we share life together And then we welcome people into that space. And we've talked and talked about mission. But there is no point in us spilling out into the world and inviting people back to something that is flat and hopeless and a little bit dull, is there? We need to be a vibrant community. And for me, one of the most vibrant um, experiences of community that I've ever had that's really, really shaped my hopes for the church is actually in a Sikh wedding. <laughs> um, so years and years ago, we went to um, a wedding of a friend of ours and um, we were invited to go the night before and the, to the people's house and they'd taken down the garden wall, put up this massive marquee across two gardens and everybody was piled in and there was loads of food and loads of music and loads of partying And there was this sense there were loads of young people and there was this sense that we're really proud of who we are we're proud of our culture we're proud of um, our community that we love each other that we want to celebrate together and I get that it was a wedding but it was beautiful and colourful and vibrant and lively and I thought I really want to be part of a community like Because I don't think we always behave that way about our culture and our community. When we eat together, when we celebrate together, when we tell the stories of our faith, do we do it in a way that's vibrant and exciting and welcoming? Do we do it in a way that people who came across it would think, I'd quite like to be part of this. I enjoy these celebrations. Is the way that we do Christmas more exciting, more fulfilling than the way that you could do Christmas without Jesus? Do we tell a hopeful story? I think we do. I think we do a great job of getting outside and going, this is what it's actually all about. And this will add a new level of vibrancy and interest to the way that you celebrate if you know what it's really all about. Sharing our lives together should be vibrant and holy and interesting. It should draw people in and communicate the joy of a life lived with Jesus and with one another. And that again is sort of what people are looking for. To know what I'm for and who I am. And to get to live that with a bunch of people who are brilliant in a joyful way that lifts me up when I'm down and that challenges me to be more and to be better, isn't that what the world's looking for? Wouldn't that be a community that you would want to join? Bacon butties and all. In Acts 10, we see God institute a church that has space for everyone, where people from different backgrounds get to gather together around the gospel, which communicates the joy of finding out who we are, and living it out with those around us. And so, as we think about what it means to be a family, what it means to be a community that can welcome people in and take them on a journey, it does mean sticking in. And I loved when Bob spoke to us about that the other week. It means journeying with people in the ups and the downs, it does mean being connected to each other in relationship on the good days and the bad days. It does mean being vibrant and hopeful. And it does mean being representative of the community around us. If we become a holy huddle of people who are all just the same as each other, we haven't quite got it right. The church needs to be open and unafraid. If we're threatened by people who are different to us or who ask questions of us, then we haven't quite. Got it right. And most of all, our community of fellowship, our family here, needs to be spirit-filled and marked out by love. When people come through these doors, they should be loved, no matter where they are, no matter what they bring. Loved into a journey. Loved into a space where they can explore and develop their faith. Doesn't that sound like a community you'd want to be part of? I do. I love you guys. But I really hope we can be better at this stuff. I hope that we can build a community that is really loving, that really offers space for questioning, that really holds people in their darkest moments. Because that's what I think the church is supposed to look like. Shall we stand? And let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you that you build your church. Thank you that you've welcomed each one of us in. Thank you that you don't play favorites. That each of us has a part to play, has something to offer to this community. And as we continue to be people who want to head out into the world and invite people into relationship with you. Let us make a place here. Let us make a family here that is welcoming, that's loving, that's challenging and accepting. Lord, help each one of us to step up into the role that you call us to. Let us function as a family that points people to you because it's beautiful and vibrant and hopeful. And most importantly, because it's gathered around you, Jesus, around the gospel, the truth that you came down for us, that you love us. And that you love the world around us. Jesus, over these next few weeks, as we think about our culture, would you shape us and mould us into the family that you want us to be, that you call us to be? We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.